from Relevant Magazine and RelevantMagazine.com. It's the Relevant Podcast. It's the week of Friday, March 18th, 2011, and this is The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and here with me in our sunny Orlando studios is the very lovely Ryan Ham. Hey, everyone. Maya, Maya literally almost said hello when I said, <laughs> to his immediate right, Maya Strang. What up, yo? Chad Michael Snavely on the ones and twos behind the wall of glass. Hello, friends. And on the Skype line all the way from Loverland, Virginia, with a much better connection this week, Jesse Carey. The, the internet here in Virginia is just flying today. <laughs> Hopefully that'll be the case for us, too. Right. That's well, well Ch- Chad and I were talking b- before you guys got into the room that uh, you, you were saying, you know, your internet there has been a little spotty. And we determined that there it's obvious because there's only so much internet to go around and it's our <laughs> turn now. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, my, that's pretty clear of my understanding of how the internet works. Yeah, so you so. see the internet as a long balloon <laughs> that's blown up. And you can squeeze it on one side, and then if it gets more full on the other side, yeah. and then you have to squeeze it over there, and it gets. So you just see as the connection just moves around the balloon. Yeah. It, well, I, well, I see a lot of engineers in a room, and they're squeezing the balloon. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and they're wearing they're wearing like lab coats, and, and they all have clipboards. <laughs> the internet balloon. The internet balloon. I think that's how yeah. Bright House sees it too. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. Well, 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 they all have their clipboards have like charts and things, so they know, they know what's going on. Yeah, that's funny. All right. Well, we have a huge podcast uh, for you today. There's a lot of beakers <laughs> <laughs> with like orange liquid. Boys. Boiling all day. Beakers is why I got a chemistry set when I was a kid, just because I wanted to mix stuff together and like and heat it. it and it would boil in the beaker. Yeah. And it'd be like and red. It was so cool. Did you actually And then you have like stuff? one of those yeah. like little curly tubes that it goes down into another beaker. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. it only drips at yeah. the end of it. Well, no, tube. I did I did like fake experiments because I would do the real ones that were in the book, but they were really boring. <laughs> So eventually, they were safe. Like clearly, my parents were not paying attention because eventually, I would just throw in a bunch of chemicals into a test tube and heat it up to <laughs> see what happens. I still do that with like <laughs> stuff I find out of the sink in the microwave. <laughs> right. Okay. So now that that's the key here is like I we also I did that as a child chemistry stuff. Right. Do you do it as an adult? Do you like like Jesse just said he still does that? Yeah. I think I'd be a little worried. Well, here's the thing. There's a lot of stuff I did as a kid that I still do. <laughs> like, I have rekindled a legitimate passion for Legos. Hmm. That's, but that's a good passion. Like, I'm not sure. I'm not sure my passion for mixing karma chemicals that may potentially release a lethal gas would be would be a good thing to repay. Hey, that's what happens after I go to Taco Bell. <laughs> well, well, <laughs> well, whenever anyone asks what I do, and I, I, I just give them one word answer: experiments. <laughs> oh, how's it going? <laughs> Results are negative. <laughs> <laughs> and no, yeah, well, that was Thank the thing. Thank you for asking, though. None of my none of my experiments ever worked. Right, it was always disappointing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh no, I'm trying to create uh, perpetual motion by heating all this bleach and Windex, yeah. but it's not working. <laughs> really, all I wanted to do was see something blow up. Did you ever watch Mr. Wizard as a child? No. I, I watched Mr. Wizard and Beekman's World. <laughs> yep. Yep. I think the only the most satisfying chemical experiment was actually in a chemistry class because we like. We somehow filled the test tube with hydrogen gas, but the, like, so I didn't care about that. But then our professor let us light it, and that was pretty cool. I had a, in seventh grade. I had I went to a small Christian school, and so um, you know the teachers taught like many many subjects. Mm-hmm. But I had one particular teacher that was actually really passionate about science, and it was and I've told this you know the story on the podcast where like he would let us take home a laser mm-hmm. and stuff, and I just said that recently. Well, one of the other, he was teaching us about liquid nitrogen once. Mm-hmm. And, and so he pulls me aside a few periods earlier in the day. He said, will you help me with, with a demonstration in, in science class this mm-hmm. afternoon? I said, sure, of course. I'm passionate about science. <laughs> and, um, thank you for choosing me. <laughs> thank you. I'm honored. He Obviously, said, he saw your aptitude for <laughs> dangerous experiments. And for, you know, showing off in front of the yeah. class. So he said... Uh, Okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to play a prank on the class with liquid nitrogen. 
And so he had this canister of liquid nitrogen. And what he did was, um, he said, "What I'm gonna, what we're going to tell the class is that um, liquid nitrogen." That if you wear like uh, thin rubber latex gloves, gloves that it protects you from liquid nitrogen. And what will mm-hmm. happen is the glove itself will crystallize, but your hand will be fine. Mm-hmm. So what we're going to do is the prank will be that we put your hand or a finger inside, you know, your hands in the glove, mm-hmm. and put your finger in the vat of liquid nitrogen, and then I'll you know we'll pull it out and to show them that the that the rubber crystallized, I will tap it with a hammer, and it will. Crack and fall off your finger, and everything will be fine. He said, "But what we're actually going to do is, you're going to put one of the fingers will be a hot dog, and so <laughs> what we'll do is we'll dip the hot dog finger into liquid nitrogen, and then instead of tapping it, I will swing really hard with the hammer." Okay, so we do this, and you know, it looks at the thing, and I'm like, you know, you know, I'm nervous, and you know, whatever, and whatever, and he smashes it. And chunks of hot dog fly across the room. <laughs> Girls are screaming <laughs> that my finger was shattered and exploded. And, I, and of course, then I'm screaming and writhing in pain. And you know, it was it was one of the most epic moments of my life. It was. I, great. I'm pretty sure that just to hear a teacher say, "Hey, you want to play a prank on the class? It involves liquid nitrogen and me smashing your hand with a hammer." <laughs> Greatest teacher yeah. ever. Greatest teacher ever. And he's the same one who lets us take lasers home. Yeah. And, you know, to experiment with. Uh, when when you look back at, at the course of your life at the teachers who really impacted you, it's that guy. It's that guy. I don't even remember his name, but I remember learning about nitri- liquid nitrogen in this class. <laughs> and what you learned is it will explode a hot dog if you hit it with a hammer. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's my Christian education right there <laughs> at its finest. Uh, this week, speaking of children, um, yesterday for my birthday, went to the Lego store, mm-hmm. the big Lego store. Ended up making a purchase so large, they gave me a Lego VIP card. Nice. <laughs> I have a shiny what'd actual you get, card. What'd you get? I got this massive uh, like sports car thing uh-huh. that has motorized actions. What? Yeah. So like doors open automatically. The trunk opens automatically. Whoa. The hood raises. Lights come on. Do you need, like battery does it take batteries? Huh. It does. Six batteries. Is it a Technic? No, no, no. It's not like a remote control. You don't program it. It's just a moving, huh. massive Lego thing. And uh, so anyway, last night I'm like, all right, sweet. Uh, birthday night. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put together my Lego. Man, this thing's like a two-week build. I mean, this, <laughs> I was, it, got, I, it wasn't fun. <laughs> got, yeah, got you, you, can, you can admit, I quickly lost interest. <laughs> I, I kind of did. I'm like, I need to push through. This was a lot of money. But so, yeah, after about six Every hours. Every night you're going to be working I know. for at least yeah. an hour. Yeah, yeah. you need to have an MIT degree to put a Lego car. Yeah, the, the Legos now, are, are they are incredibly complicated. Well, this one, you know, every it's Lego. It's from 11 to eight, ages 11 to 16. Yeah, every Lego says ages you're, 2 to You're more eight. than yeah. double that. Maybe ages 6 to 12. Right. This one was for teenagers. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we have a great and important podcast for you today. <laughs> After all that, um, probably the most talked about topic in the Christian world, other than uh, the tragedy in Japan over the last two weeks, has been the release and topic of Rob Bell's new book called Love Wins. It's the controversy about universalism and hell. Um, it was everybody before the book came out was all up in arms about what it potentially said. And then it released this week, this past week on the 15th. So now people have had a chance to read it. Unfortunately, the people who were speaking the loudest in criticism are the people who are least likely to actually read what the book says. So we decided to uh, talk to Rob. So uh, Rob Bell, an interview with Rob Bell about his new book is coming up later on this podcast. And a more in-depth version will be in the next issue of Relevant. We also have a in-studio performance by Heath McNeese. So this is going to be a jam-packed episode. Uh, up first, your entertainment releases. We have quite a few albums coming out this week. The Strokes are coming out with Angles. People are excited about that one, huh? Yeah. yeah. yeah it's, it's We've pretty, had it for a while, right? It's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's not what everybody hoped to be. No. Sure. I mean, it's... Um their first single is the best track on the album. That, that's right. We played uh, that single on the podcast a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Chris Brown is also coming out with uh, fame, but it's not just the word fame. It's F period, A period, M period, E period. Mm. So it must stand for something. Probably. I wonder what Chris Brown's fame stands for. I'll say felony arrest. Um, <laughs> it, it just assume it has something to do with domestic abuse. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, yeah. That's what I was going to say. It's an acronym for uh, criminal domestic abuse. Uh, Panic at the Disco coming out with Vices and Virtues. 
uh, yellow card is still making music uh, with when you're going through thinking, say yes. I got to be honest. I'm sorry. When you're through thinking, say yes. Those last two, like, just no interest whatsoever for me. Panic at the Disco and yellow card? Yeah. How about this one? Jennifer Hudson is coming out with I Remember Me. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) So her album's I Remember Me. Is it I Remember the Bigger Me? Oh. What? No, she's... She, you're right. She has, she has like lost a person. She has lost a person. And I, she's remembering the person she lost. Congrats to her. Because right. it is pretty impressive. That's what I'm saying. It's yeah. not, I wasn't a dig. I was saying she remembers the old me because I'm not that person anymore. <laughs> uh, Sean McDonald's coming out with Closer. William Fitzsimmons mm. coming out with Gold in the Shadow. Richard Ashcroft, uh, United Nations of Sound. And then my favorite album of right now is releasing the physical CD version, James Blake. Self-titled hmm. debut, James Blake. It's not out on vinyl yet. FYI. Oh. <laughs> what? I've been going in there asking every week, and they're like, "It's you're on the list, dude. We'll call you." I'm like, "Well, I was just checking in case maybe you got it. You know, you're busy. <laughs> Check last night." <laughs> like the guys. They said, like, "Look, man, go buy a Lego car by the time you finish it." <laughs> Chad, Chad, are his EPs on vinyl. Yes. Yeah, we saw one at Park Avenue okay. last week. are really good. No, 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 no. No, no. no it, it was the single. It was, it was Limit to Your Love. It was okay. single. Yeah. The, CMY, the CMYK EP is really good, and the Clavier Verka is good, too. Mm-hmm. Well, you can buy those digitally as well. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, movies coming out on Friday, March 25th. Really, only one. Uh, the guy who made 300 uh, is coming out with Sucker Punch, um, starring Vanessa Hudgens, Emily Browning. Jamie Chung. Is that based on anything? Is that was that a comic book? I don't think so. I don't know. I think it's so based it's just on, an original just, Zack Snyder script. It's just based on every teenage fantasy he's ever had. Yeah. I think. <laughs> the movie's ridiculous. There you go. It, it honestly, it honestly looks like edited film from The Watchmen and Three Hundred, and yeah. they just made a different movie out yeah. of it. Yeah, put some girls in there. Yeah. All right. Well, that'll do it for your entertainment releases. Stay tuned. Up next, slices. This podcast is brought to you by Act One. Based in Hollywood, Act One is the premier training program for Christians wanting to work in the mainstream entertainment industry. You can learn more about Act One's flagship summer programs in screenwriting and producing, which begin in June. Application deadlines are fast approaching. Check it out, actoneprogram.com. You're listening to Derek Webb. The song is In the Devil's Territory. You say, wait, that's not a Derek Webb song. That's a Sufjan Stevens song. I say, yes, sir, you are correct. There's a new album out, Seven Swans Reimagined. Uh, A lot of artists were invited to kind of reimagine tracks from Sufjan's seminal Seven Swans album. And that is Derek's contribution. Interestingly, is this out yet? By the way, I don't think it is. I don't either. think it is. Derek was at our at our offices last week, and we had a little bit of time to kill. And he said, "I, w- I want to play you play you my song, and see what you think." So we're sitting there with Derek. I grabbed Chad. You were in there, weren't you? Yep. Grabbed Chad, and a couple other people came in too. And we listened. It was great. It was yeah. fun. It, it's really an interesting experience listening to an artist, you know, song with the artist in the room. Hmm. Like, what do you look at? <laughs> oh wait, wait, wait! When you say play, he didn't have a guitar. You mean he put a CD in? He he hooked his iPod up to my speakers. See, I thought I, in my head when you're describing this, when he said, "Let me play you my song," I thought, "Oh, cool, he did a little performance." But no, he put, so so you all just kind of stand there and kind of gaze at him. Well, we sat, and he okay. he stared at my wall, and everybody had to kind of look down at the floor. <laughs> you know, you're listening to the music, right? right? Yeah, I mean he's probably used to it because he play, you know, he would play tracks for his label or different people all the time, you know. Yeah. But I, but, I, but as a listener, it's a little awkward. As a, as a listener, yeah, you're wanting to really listen to the music, but 
you don't want to react in any way, shape, or form because yeah, you the don't, creator is right there. You don't want to yawn. Yeah. <laughs> you should point. have just gone and cut the lights out and just say, trust me, Derek, this will help. <laughs> <laughs> and we all just lay down and stare at the ceiling like at a planetarium. Or, or, yeah. a, or, a or in kindergarten. Concert. You go, I'm going to bring out some carpet squares real quick and I'm going to cut the lights out. <laughs> and we're going to put together Legos when we're done. Because uh, <laughs> seriously, I need help. I got this car and there's no way I'm getting it done by myself. <laughs> <laughs> But it's a great song, and, and the the project it looks really ambitious. Uh, which it, it'll be great, Ryan. You have it, right? Yeah, yeah, it's really good. Uh, at the beginning of the podcast, you heard the low anthem uh, with the song Boeing Seven Thirty Seven uh, playing right now on Relevant FM. Okay, it's time for slices. What do you have, Jesse? Well, the uh, U.S. Air Force sent some special agents to a very famous pawn shop in Las Vegas this past week uh, to pay a visit to the guys uh, at Pawn Stars. Um, It turns out these agents uh, read on TMZ.com. They didn't use their sophisticated Pentagon intelligence. They used uh, TMZ uh, and found out that the guys had recently purchased uh, uh, an AIM-120 missile guidance system. No way. <laughs> what? Yes. Uh, I guess uh, someone, I mean, for, for most of you are pretty familiar with the show, um, someone had brought, <laughs> brought in, it was unarmed, uh, but it was still a, a functioning missile guidance system. And the news... Before before the agents arrived, it was you know it was covered in the news, and one of the producers of the show said that to his knowledge, it is one hundred percent not illegal. <laughs> so I, even the way he phrased that, don't worry, it's not not legal to have this. <laughs> so, so so anyway, agents stopped by and they disassembled it to make sure it didn't have any intelligence information like, you know, in the memory. Yeah. Um, they also wanted to know about the person that sold it to her, <laughs> sold it to him. But I guess the story was it was it was this lady who inherited all this military stuff from her father who used to buy stuff from military auctions mm-hmm. and happened to obtain a missile guidance system. Wow. So they didn't take it. They just needed to make sure it couldn't be yeah. used current. Can you currently. imagine? They haven't taken it yet, but but they said they're still trying to determine if they can legally have that at a pawn shop. <laughs> yeah. You know, I have a seventh grade science teacher who might also want one of those. <laughs> yeah. Let, let me say this. I have a brand new, very sophisticated Lego car, and I happen to know a science teacher that can do pretty cool stuff with liquid nitrogen. So yeah, I want the missile guidance. <laughs> <laughs> oh. yeah, use your imagination but I got big plans for this thing <laughs> oh man alright what do you have Maya uh, my s- slice is about uh, squirrels because we like to bring <laughs> I like to bring a little animal a little nature a little nature to the podcast spring. squirrels are <laughs> reemerging yeah, this, this, this uh, is like the animal network it's surprisingly human right <laughs> um so have you guys seen like America's Finest videos where people get squirrels stuck in their house and they're running around and they're screaming? Have you ever yeah, seen yeah, that? Yeah, of course. Like, I don't, like I've, seen, I, I've seen numerous reality shows where that happens lately. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that would, to me, if that really happened in real life, it would be very, lots of screaming and jumping up. No, you stuff. just open every possible window or door and let nature do its course. It's going to find its way. I would crap my pants. <laughs> it's a squirrel. Squirrels are scary. Well, no, no, I quarters? saw it on Billy the Exterminator and it, and it, it got inside of a computer. Wait, what? what? See? What? Wait. Yeah, like no, an old, literally, they're, okay. Like an old mainframe from like the fifties. Like how? Well, here. Okay. Here's here's the scenario. <laughs> Billy and Ricky get called to this house, and they they've trapped <laughs> a squirrel is in the fireplace, right? And they have it behind the glass. You know, they have one of those little glass things from the fireplace, and so the, Billy and Ricky, the exterminators, d- decide that the best. A course of action is for, <laughs> is for them to open the glass and they will use a cardboard box to drop it on the squirrel. Sure, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, the squirrel is fast and squirrely. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and I think during the, the chase, Ricky gets bit. Um, and scary. the guy has like this like really weird looking old office with like tons of folders and really old <laughs> computers. And yeah, some of them have like the backs taken out of them. Mm. So the squirrel crawls in the most hard to reach place in the whole office. He crawls inside a computer. Wow. 
So I think that's the exact opposite of going back to nature. Right. <laughs> it's true. Well, in Chicago this past week, um, some people that lived in an apartment said that there was a family of squirrels living in their chimney. Mm-hmm. So they decided to smoke out these squirrels. Oh, not, delicious. Not, not call, you know, f- animal control or anything. So I just smoked them out. Delicious. <laughs> uh, turns out that uh, they ended up it's sending... It's the most tender way. To- <laughs> oh. If you like your squirrel meat tender, you got to smoke them. Yeah. <laughs> For a long time. <laughs> yeah. It takes like six days. <laughs> I, saw, I saw it on Man vs. Food. This, this smoking out, uh, they try to do this with a smoke bomb, by the way. Um, yeah, they, they acquired it from my seventh grade yeah. science yeah. teacher. They, oh, oh, I'm sorry. It was in their attic, not their, not their, not their chimney. Oh, okay. So they put a smoke bomb up in their in their attic to try and get these squirrels out, it, which in, ignited um, all of the insulation in the attic, and then there was a lot of oxygen and stuff, so it just like fueled the fire and ended up ruining their apartment and the apartment next to them and like this big common roof. Um, and then the uh, fire got the fire police chief was like, and we never found any squirrels at all. Oh no! <laughs> yeah. It sounded like this was a purposeful sabotage on the side of the squirrels. <laughs> yeah, another devious plan of the squirrels. Right. Yeah. Just you know, animals winning. No. That's yeah. True. All right. Uh, my slice is part slice, part public service announcement for anyone living in or near St. Augustine, Florida. Okay. Um, if you are in the market for a new car. There's a dealership currently uh, selling cars with the offer that, um, okay, so if it rains the morning of April 8th, uh, one inch or more, any car they sell in March will be free. Wait. What? What? Yeah. So if it rains an inch or more on the, in the morning of April 8th, any car that people purchase in March will be free. What? How is is an inch of rain a lot? It's like it's a decent amount for like a morning. Yeah, no, so. it's that's tr- that's He said it's only it's only ever rained like since re- they started keeping records it's only ever rained on April 8th three times and it's only been over an inch once. So people need to come in this month and yeah. buy and then they might have the chance exactly. of that of their lease or whatever yeah. becoming free. Yeah. Wow, so that's a good ploy. He's probably done the, his, the historical analysis that yeah. it's never rained more. Well, than he said he said he actually hopes <clears throat> he said he actually hopes that it rains because he said you know he'll take a loss on the cars, but He's it'll got be such insurance. it'll be such a great publicity thing that like you know next year he can do right the whole like if you if it rains it worked you last win. year yeah, yeah. It worked last year huh so that's what happens when you bring a casino mentality into selling cars. <laughs> <laughs> Like it worked, kind of it worked last it was? time. You should try again. Uh, no, it didn't. Oh, okay. So, but anyway, so if, if you're in the market for a new car and you live in that area, you might want to check it out. Might be worth it. And, and, and you have access to a farmer's almanac. <laughs> Head on up. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that uh, note, that'll wrap up slices. Stay tuned. Coming up, Heath McNeese. You're listening to The Ravenettes. The song is I Want to Be Adored. Don't we all? It's playing right now on Relevant.tv. Heath McNeese um, is a guitarist and vocalist, singer-songwriter, and also a rapper. Interesting combination. He's uh, toured with all the West Coast freestyle kings, all the all the hip-hop groups out there, Play-Doh, Red Cloud, Marzil, Pigeon John. Um, but he's also garnering quite the reputation for really funny, really quirky, really good live shows. Uh, he, he, he does a singer songwriter thing. He mixes it with freestyle rap and it's just a really cool and fun combination. He recently came through our studios. We actually filmed three or four different songs, all of which will be up at relevant TV. Um, but, uh, we're going to play two songs here for you on the podcast. Here he is, uh, doing a cover of Patsy Cline's classic crazy. Crazy 
crazy for feeling I'm so lonely I'm crazy Crazy for feeling so blue I know You love me as long As you want And someday You'd leave me for somebody new Worry Why do I let myself worry Wondering What in the world did I do? Ooh, I'm crazy For thinking that my love Could hold you I'm crazy for crying And I'm crazy for trying And I'm crazy for loving you Worry Why do I let myself worry Wondering What in the world did I do? Ooh. I'm crazy For thinking that my love Could hold you I'm crazy for crying And I'm crazy for trying And I'm crazy for loving You That was Heath McNeese. Check him out at myspace.com slash Heath McNeese. listening to the joy formidable song is whirring uh it's playing right now on relevant tv rob bell is an author speaker Uh, he's the founding pastor of mars hill bible church up in grand rapids michigan um and he's and he's probably most famous not only for his numerous best-selling books but as as um the speaker on the short film series numa Uh, his highly anticipated much talked about and controversial new book called Love Wins, released this past week, and it deals with the issues of heaven, hell, and some say universalism. Rob is somebody who's been featured in our magazine and has written for us. And so uh, when all the controversy erupted and you know the concerns about his theology uh, were talked about, we wanted to go right to the source and talk to him rather than just uh, hypothesize about what he believes and what he says. Uh, we had a very in-depth conversation, most of which will be running in the print magazine coming up. But uh, you can find uh, a shorter part of the conversation at uh, relevantmagazine.com right now. 
and also here on the podcast. So here is our very own Josh Loveless talking to author and speaker Rob Bell. Rob, last time I talked to you, uh, you were a Christian. Uh, then I logged on to the internet. What happened? <laughs> I'm sorry, that is such an awesome opening question. Yeah, I, 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 I thought you were a Christian, and the internet said something different. I just, I, I want to know the real scoop from you. Well, I think I may be even more of a Christian than I was in the last semester. I think Jesus is actually more compelling and interesting than when we were last together. So, <laughs> I think I'm going in the wrong other direction than apparently what you've heard. <laughs> yeah. Why do, you think, why do you think then so many people have found it so entertaining to, um, yeah, to take a shot at whether Rob Bell is, is one of us, is, is a Christian like the rest of us? Why do you think that's become a sport? That... Uh, is something that I don't understand. My understanding is that the Christian tradition is this vibrant, dynamic conversation about the resurrected Jesus that has gone on for hundreds and hundreds of years. And it is a wide, diverse, fascinating, cacophonous conversation that we're all taking part in because we're serious about following Jesus. We believe him. We trust him. We, we think he's where it's at. We think he is who he says he is. And so that discussion shouldn't be threatening. It should be joyous. It should be life-giving. It should be challenging. And, and I thoroughly enjoy it. So the idea that within this conversation, there are a group of people who have decided that they're the chosen, they're the elect, they are the arbiters of who belongs and who doesn't is not something that I understand. So I don't, I don't know how much to say about it. I just, it's completely foreign to me. Can you describe uh, the evolution of theology that you've had related to heaven and hell from when you grew up to now? Like, what were the turning yeah. what were the turning points that led you to the place that you're in now? That I'm assuming is different than what you thought about heaven and hell when you were six. Yeah, that's a great question. Well, one of the things I trace is that heaven and hell in the in the Bible, heaven and hell are present realities. They are dimensions of existence. They are choices we can make every day, and I assume that those choices and those realities extend on after we die. And I think I grew up like a lot of people. Heaven is somewhere else, some time else, namely after you die. And Jesus is how you go somewhere else, some time else. And my growing awareness that Jesus and the world that he lived in, the issue is not evacuation. The issue is not how can I get out of here. The, that the dominant story of the Bible is the God who wants to restore and renew and reconcile and redeem this world, which is our home. And that's a, that is a different narrative arc. It is a different understanding of the Bible that lots of people were taught. And I believe it's, it is the way to understand what these writers are giving us and what Jesus came to give us. So um, I start there. And in the book, I explore, like, here is every verse in the Bible in which hell is mentioned. Like, here is the actual, here are the actual Greek words. Here is the word forever. Here are the actual words. Um, and try to sort of just help people, this is what the Bible actually says. Um, now, you, you're free to believe whatever you want, but don't make the Bible say things it doesn't say. One of the main points of controversy that obviously we've been hovering over during this conversation uh, related to your book, Love Wins, is that people feel you've embraced a form of universalism, believing that you can choose life with God even after you die. Um, 
Most people believe the typical evangelical understanding to be that once we die, there are no more decisions to make about whether we want eternal life with God or eternal life without God. Um, do you think your position is controversial? Uh, it fits squarely within the Orthodox historic Christian tradition. Lots and lots of people have raised these sort of questions from across the spectrum. So it's not outside the tradition. It's one of, uh, and, and even in the book, what I'm mostly interested in is just showing people, people answered these questions. Serious, faithful, devout followers of Jesus have wrestled with these questions and have entered into the speculation and had all sorts of different ways they thought about this and talked about this. And so I'm not interested in dying on any one of those hills. I'm interested in dying on the hill that says there's lots of hills and there's lots of space here. That's what's really interesting to me. So based on your understanding then of universalism, do you consider yourself a universalist? Am I ever? Uh, no, I don't. And that's and you you see the difference being what? My observation would be that people mean lots of different things with that word. Right. Um, I think for some people, apparently, the word means that it, nothing matters. It doesn't matter what you believe. It doesn't matter how you live. Nothing matters. And I simply don't believe that. Certain paths are destructive. Certain paths are wrong. Certain paths cause all sorts of toxic harm to other people, and it's not loving your neighbor. So if by universalism people mean it doesn't matter, doesn't matter what you believe, doesn't matter what you do, that's just complete rubbish. So, no. Secondly, sometimes when people say the word universal, I think they mean that at some point God just sort of swoops everybody up into heaven. You know what I mean? Sort of like, come on, everybody. Everybody's in. Um, And the problem with that is, I believe, love wins. And the very nature of love is freedom. And so if at any point God co-opts your ability to choose, we no longer are dealing with a loving God. And that if there are people who are in heaven who don't want to be there, then it's not heaven. Like like God saying, it's a party and you're going to like it. Do you know what I mean? I did a funeral. I I did a wedding, actually, a couple, probably 10 years ago. And the father of the bride absolutely despised the groom and made it known to everybody he thought that his daughter was making a huge error in marrying this guy. And when he brought her down the aisle in the ceremony and the groom stepped up so that he could hand his daughter off to the groom, he said to the groom in a voice that everybody could hear, she's yours now. <laughs> it was like the most ferociously awkward moment. And this father of the bride cast such an oppressive dark cloud on this wedding celebration and the fact of the matter is if people don't want to be at a party they can ruin a perfectly good party Mm. so if by universalism people mean god just sort of swoops everybody up into heaven in one giant cosmic gesture that would co-opt our ability to choose the question that i do think is terribly interesting and which as a christian we must wrestle with is it's written in the letters to timothy god wants everybody to be saved So now this is fascinating. God wants everybody to be saved. So perhaps the important question is, is God a universalist? And I do think, as a Christian, it is our duty to long for the things that God longs for and to want the things that God wants. That was Rob Bell. His new book is Love Wins, uh, just released, and you can find out more at robbell.com. Just wait. You're listening to Trent Dabbs. The song is Paper Trails and it's playing right now on Relevant FM. One of the things that Heath McNeese uh, likes to do when he has a show is is uh, like actual freestyle rapping. Like actual freestyle rapping. None of this premeditated. I kind of got phrases that 
I use all the time and I, I may throw in one or two new words and string them together. None of that stuff, like true freestyle. So to kind of prove his merit and prove his craft, uh, he, he has people just grab random stuff from like around our office, around our studio and just bring it out and he'll just like live, just be freestyling uh, about, about those objects. That's one of the songs that he did that we uh, filmed uh, for Relevant TV. So definitely do yourself a favor, go check out that video of his freestyle. But here on the podcast, we're going to play one of his new songs. It's off his current album. Uh, just It came out this year called The House Always Wins. Here's Heath McNeese performing Selah. I left my eye so high to all I see is white. I hold my tongue Your perfect timing doesn't make it right When did I have a say in the matter Anyway, and when did you ever say that your ways were my ways? See love, see love. You give and take away Silla Silla Peace be still Till I see your face Oh Turn your back. You knew this cup could never pass. You loved so much. You sent the blood that I tried to corrupt. But who am I to beg just dust that met your breath? When I demand you explain, I am as your refrain. See love. Give and take away Silla Silla Peace be still Till I see your face Oh Where was I? When you made the foundations proclaim See love See love See love You give you give and take away Silla, oh 
please be still till I see your face. That was Heath McNeese. Make sure to check out the rest of his performances and videos. Uh, the songs are at the podcast episode page at relevantmags.com and the videos are at relevant.tv. Listening to PJ Harvey, the song is The Glorious Land. This land is your land. This land is my land. Yes. It's a remake. <laughs> it's a classic. It is. They don't write really bad songs like that anymore, do they? I love that song. No. Yeah. Like sing along songs like that. They don't they don't write those anymore. But like children's children's singers do. But I don't think that that was written as a children's song. No, I don't song. think so either. I mean it was written as like a like protest song. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like protest yeah, songs. Yeah, it was Woody were, Guthrie, right? right? Yeah, yeah. Right. right. Um I don't know. It's who 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 would be writing songs for everybody to sing? I guess the closest thing to a protest singer we have is Rage Against the Machine and they're mostly for and that they're they're easy to sing along to. Well, <laughs> and I was going to say they most of their protest songs are sung by kids who live in gated communities, so. <laughs> really raging yeah. against that machine. Yeah. yeah. Well, the machine being the front gate. Yeah, of exactly. the community sometimes it gets stuck. Yeah. And that's really yeah. annoying. And then they have out. to wait an extra three seconds until the <laughs> they just scream. Them, you know. I won't do what you tell me over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> um, Okay, it's time for your feedback. Uh, last week, we asked you what you are uh, doing to observe Lent, uh, which is going on right now. And if nothing, why not? Um, you went over to the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com, and you posted your uh, replies there. And Before we read uh, your, your Lent replies, uh, a, a, a lot of you tweeted us and also posted here, a little bit of a correction that I feel we should, we need to make. Robert De Niro was not in The Departed. No. Oh, really? No. But there, there's people in The Departed that I forgot were in The Departed. Like um, Alec Baldwin is in The Departed, and I yeah. forgot about that as well. He's great in it, too. This person yeah. who, who did not post their name actually makes a really interesting po- point after correcting us about De Niro. Uh, our point about De Niro, Lovelace's point about De Niro was... was um, how long can you be considered a legendary or good actor if you haven't been in a good movie? Yeah, you know, in, in like decades. And then so then it was said, well, he was in like The Departed or something, you know, and that's why you know we tried to give him a pass. Mm-hmm. So this person says that actually Bill Simmons, columnist for ESPN, uh, actually commented in his latest column, "Can we take Oscars away from actors like they took Reggie Bush's Heisman away?" <laughs> well, well, yeah. uh, here. Did, did Gary Busey win Best Actor for Buddy Holly, or was he just nominated? I don't know. Because I know he's at the Oscars every year, so <laughs> I don't know if he just gets grandfathered in because of his nomination, because he is the candidate for that. Like, m- Remember like two years ago when they had like that little girl who won a contest and got to interview people at the Oscars, and just happens like everyone's like why is gary Busey there anyway but anyway <laughs> she was interviewing gary Busey, and he railed her about what a terrible interviewer she oh, was and she was like that. seven years old yeah i uh i would say i mean along the lines of de niro like al pacino hasn't made anything good in a really long time long time right yeah and if you know yeah. what and if you actually like one of the iconic movies of pacino's to me early 90s was sent to a woman mm-hmm. if you actually watch that again it doesn't hold up yeah well and especially considering he won the Oscar for that, but like didn't win for the Godfather and Godfather Two, right. which right. like he was in Heat though, wasn't he? Yeah, he was in Heat. So was De Niro though. Right. Yeah, I think that was probably the yeah. last good movie. Wow, that they were in. Yeah, well, you guess- know, a movie that doesn't hold up uh, is um, Scarface. Oh, if you watch that again now, <laughs> it's terrible. It is, yeah, and the whole like everything in it is so painfully like you know trying to be cool. Yeah. 
you know, 80, like the, the, the set design, the music, everything is like, I, man, I am glad yeah. that I did not live in the era when this was awesome. Well, and also like, and also like Pacino's accent is so bad that it's almost offensive. Like, you're like, <laughs> if, like if I was a Cuban person, I would be offended at how bad he made me sound. <laughs> you wouldn't be you wouldn't be mad about the criminal stereotype. No, no. You would be mad about the, how poorly he did the accent. Yeah, exactly. Okay, well, the question Luke was about Lent. Most of you went and actually told us, well, I grew up non-denominational mm-hmm. or grew up Baptist. I didn't really know anything about Lent until this year, last couple of years. Sounds like a good idea. <laughs> you know, th- what we're hearing a lot is, you know, people giving up caffeine or just going to drink water for 40 days, you know, things like that. It's um, when guy's not talking on Fridays. Hmm. Andrew. What if he's a, what if he's a telemarketer? <laughs> <laughs> then he's done the world of service. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Well, I was going to say, it, it, the, the answer is what if he's a telemarketer? He just sends spam email. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Uh, well, one of you wrote in and, and, and said you're not giving up anything for Lent and had an interesting reason why. Uh, so we decided we wanted to call Michael Schutz. He's from Canada, and uh, and let him tell you his reasoning. Michael. Yes, sir. Welcome to the Relevant Podcast. Hey, thanks. Good to be here. Hey, Michael, this is Cameron. Um, before we get into this, I need you to settle a dispute. Is okay. It, is it shuts or shoots? It's shoots. Oh. Shoots. oh. Wow. I said shoots. <laughs> I was voted down. Everybody said it shuts like guts. Yeah, no, I have family that goes by that, but uh, my family is shoots. It's um, it's actually there's supposed to be an umlaut on the U because we're oh. German, but uh, mm-hmm. there's a pronunciation that's probably not fit to air that people would slip into. <laughs> so, so, so the umlaut gotcha. That the umlaut got my uh, ancestors. Yes. So we removed <laughs> the umlaut. We're fully Canadian now. <laughs> so oh, wh- where I- whereabouts in Canada are you from? Uh, I'm right now I'm in Penticton, British Columbia. It's in the interior of BC, uh, about a four hour drive east of Vancouver, BC. Oh, nice. Beautiful area. Uh, from what I know, what do you, what do you do there? I, uh, my f- official title is a director of worship and discipleship. I work at uh, Concordia Lutheran church here in Penticton. Do, do you have a preference, uh, one way or the other, the worship or the discipleship? <laughs> oh man, they're both good. <laughs> um, if I had to say, I would probably, if I had to pick, it would be definitely the worship side. Um, I'm a music leader and uh, just love, love doing that part. But but the other stuff is really good too. I'm working with uh, small groups and leading through some transitions. I'm kind of functioning as more of a jack of all trades in that side of things at this point. But uh, yeah, it's it's good work. Really good work. Nice. Cool. Well, we're glad you could join us. Uh, the The question that we asked everybody this week is, what What are you doing to observe Lent? And if if the answer is nothing, why? Uh, your reply caught caught our attention, and we thought it'd be interesting uh, for you to tell uh, the listeners your thoughts about Lent. And, and let me ju- let me just make sure the answer isn't just forgot. Right? <laughs> <laughs> what is Lent? What? Oh. Ah um, oh, man, yeah, not no. again this year. <laughs> uh, again, I, every year I set my calendar for Shrove Tuesday, and every year I miss it. It's that it's the iPhone bugs. I don't know. You guys probably haven't heard that. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I think there's a conspiracy with Steve Jobs. I think. I don't yeah, think I think so too. That's funny. <laughs> That's the only logical conclusion, I think. Yeah, it is. It's very much. It's not a daylight saving time issue. It's a Lent issue. Let's be honest. <laughs> so, so your short answer was, and I and I'm and I'm looking at the opener of your your reply here. The short answer: I'm not giving up anything for Lent. And then, uh, right. since we've asked why, you told us why. So, what's right. the why? Yeah. Well, the why is I think it's um, it, it's an issue of freedom as Christians. Um, I think there's a there can be a sense with Lent that you know I have to give something up that it's something that I'm doing and it, and it's a good thing to do that kind of thing but I think it can turn into a very kind of legalistic thing um, where I where I have to do this in order to be a better Christian or where it's a it's a command and and it's really not I mean we're we're Easter people and so we're you know kind of the the phrase that I used in my reply and the phrase we use kind of in my circles is, is we're Easter people. We live on this side of Easter. And so, I mean, Jesus has already died for our sins and, and he's already risen 
for our new life. And so we, we celebrate that at Easter. And Lent is really the time where we get ready to do that. It's almost, if you will, like a dramatic retelling of the story every year. And, and there's a, a time before this, this great celebration of Easter where we kind of pull back and remember Jesus' suffering and death and his passion for us. Um, so it's a good observance. Uh, but it's not a legalistic thing. And so we have freedom as Christians to observe Lent and to give something up uh, or to not. Um, but because I think the point of, of Lent is really to remember the sacrifice of Jesus for us and to remember the fact that he's given himself for us. And uh, there are different ways that we can choose to do that. And there's not any one way that says you have to do it this way. It's interesting. Huh. I would agree with how, that. How do you feel about fasting in general? Um, I, I don't as a, but again, it's not something that I, I probably should <laughs> now that I've said all of that. Um, <laughs> I think fasting is one of those curious things too, where it's a great way to remember and it's a great way to focus on something beyond ourselves. I think the problem with fasting is that many of us forget Jesus words and saying, you know, when you're fasting, don't tell anybody and don't make it look like you're fasting. You know, it's, it's a private devotional thing that can be a really good and helpful thing. Um, but we turn it into a, either a broadcast, you know, we put it on Facebook or Twitter. I mean, you guys talked about that too, of giving, giving social media up for Lent and announcing mm-hmm. that on social media. Mm-hmm. And I think we do the same with fasting, um, where we, uh, we tell everybody we're going to fast. And, and that kind of, I think it misses the point a little bit, even, even though it can be a helpful thing. I agree. That's interesting. It's not something you hear a lot about either. I mean, people people who are uh, who fast and observe Lent are usually very. I mean, I don't want to say prideful about it, but they're very um, vocal about it. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, yeah. And I, your your point about it not being done out of obligation, I think, is the key thing because, like, I, you know, I, I don't have a problem with anyone who practices Lent because it's their desire to, you know, either just, you know, express their devotion that way or, you know, like you were saying with, with fasting, uh, to something private between them and God. But yeah, when it becomes an obligation, I think we're, we're putting undue pressure on ourselves to, to try to please God in a way that we're not required to do. Right. I think the point is we already are pleasing to God in, in Jesus. I mean, and, and so, you know, anything that we do as Christians is, uh, is a response to that. We are already loved by God, therefore we can love God back. And uh, and Lent can certainly be one of those things. All right. Well, Michael, it was great talking to you. Thanks for uh, taking time. And uh, your feedback was really interesting. Thanks for listening. And uh, take care. We'll talk soon. Thanks, you guys. I've been a big fan for a long time, so keep up the good work. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks. Thanks man. Bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. Well, that'll do it for uh, last week's feedback about Lent. Now it's time for this week's question of the week. Editorial question of the week. Okay, so we've had a pretty deep podcast. Rob Bell, Lent. Minus our parts. (laughs) So, you know, we thought we need to keep the deep theme going. Mm -hmm. Let's just finish strong. Mm -hmm. So our question of the week this week is an oppressing issue. We need to solve this because it keeps coming up. And cultural, it could challenge a lot of people, you know, in a lot of ways. Right. The issue of squirrels being trapped somehow, somewhere in your house. Right. I mean, this is... Terrifying. And it continues to happen. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. Yeah, they literally find ways in all the time. <laughs> so what we were thinking is we need to come up with some solutions. Now, we also thought about the 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 ex-military opportunity here i mean there's a, apparently we found out today that there's military auctions you can just buy stuff who knew, who knew? so we thought maybe <laughs> one would help solve the other mm-hmm. so we want to know if you are at home and hear squirrels in your attic you happen to look online and notice there's a military auction in your city that weekend mm-hmm. what would you acquire <laughs> at the military auction to solve the issue of squirrels in your attic it's important. What would your mm. what would you acquire and how would you use it? 
and what would happen to the squirrels. <laughs> this could be really yeah, I mean, I, my immediate thought goes to like my, the, the, you know, tear gas or something. But then, you know, I don't, I don't know how comfortable I am injecting my own home with tear gas. <laughs> right. So this is, see what I think listeners need to know, this is a nuanced issue. It really is because you lot, have a lot, a lot of angles. You have, you have neighbors issues. You have environmental issues. Mm-hmm. You have, you know, safety issues. Yeah. You apparently have CIA issues. Mm-hmm. And if we want to bring it full circle, like, do you think the squirrels will go to hell? <laughs> <laughs> Is there a squirrel? Yeah, hell? yeah. Well, because we know all dogs go to heaven. Yeah, right, right. What about squirrels? But what we don't know about squirrels, they're a little Dog shifty. Squirrels don't go along. They're a little shifty. Yeah, they've got they ch- they beady little them. eyes. They really are. I was gonna say this could actually be really helpful for me because uh, there are squirrels on the roof of my fiance's room. Mm. And they scurry and about. Do you have access to military equipment? Well, uh, that's what I'm saying. Well, I mean, you could go to the pawn shop in yeah, Las Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. That's all yeah. you need. Jesse, if you go to check that missile guidance system out, I want you to make sure to see if you can find anything for me. Okay. I, I, I'm planning on making a trip out there. I saw an episode it, so. of the Blunderbuss, so that would work well. <laughs> so, well, do you, is it? Oh, can you buy old military equipment? Yeah, like, yeah. You know, oh, that's, yeah. that's actually mainly what they well, have. Well, a Blunderbuss would be awesome because you could cram it full of silverware. I've always wanted to do that. <laughs> Wait, so you're saying just impaling the squirrels yeah. lethally with silverware? Well, if you get silverware and you like, you have There's... a blunderbuss, it's going to cover a wide so area. So you're just giving up on that silverware, though. I mean, you don't. You're not going to go pull oh, no. it out of the squirrel and re- no, wash this it is and like, reuse it. No, this is like my this is like my college silverware from Target that was like ten bucks. So, but but your solution does That's ultimately a messy solution. yeah, it does ultimately lead to the demise of the squirrels, and you would have some sort of. Um, mess mm, that's a good point in your house maybe afterwards. i need to have a kid first who can clean it up okay yeah yeah so so i'm i'm trying to think of a non-lethal solution for the squirrels beanbag guns oh yeah but that'd probably kill a squirrel, that'd kill a squirrel. <laughs> probably that'd be enough force rubber, rubber bullets oh, yeah. i'm thinking it wouldn't like you know damage your walls and stuff and set your house on fire true water that's cannon true. Maybe there's a way instead of just military items that we you you also can go into seventh grade science experiment mm. items, liquid nitrogen, lasers, <laughs> Bunsen burners, beakers. <laughs> the look those little curly tubes that go from one uh, beaker to the next, dripping things, <laughs> dripping green liquid in, into other vats. <laughs> well, use your imagination. I, I was a cook at a camp one summer and our cabin that we stayed in uh, didn't have like there were holes all over it. So stuff would get in all the time. But one morning, <laughs> one morning, someone woke up with a squirrel just sitting on his chest, <gasps> staring at him. Like, that would be the scariest thing. Did you shoot ever. him with a blunderbuss? <laughs> All of a sudden, wow. you see a red laser yeah. on the squirrel's forehead. Don't move. Trust me. Don't move, dude. Don't move. Wow. People that I used to work for uh, found a little baby squirrel on the side of the road and they brought it home and taught, cared, it, taught cared, it how to water ski. Cared for it. Oh, no. I, I do have two squirrels. Two, two squirrel stories. Uh, people I went grew up in church with, they, um, you've probably seen them on... The water skiing squirrels, water ski, skiing the squirrels. old 1980s video. You've yeah. seen them. And, yeah. Yeah. And oh, like yeah. a couple of years ago, they it were was, in the news again for yeah. some reason or other. It was the people from her church. Yeah. they, uh, wow. they And they also owned the local uh, skating rink. Um, and they had a big pool set up in the room next door, but they would go around and they had squirrels Those that are water literally skied. the most interesting people in the world yeah. they own a, think of their lives they own a skating rink and they teach squirrels how to water ski <laughs> yeah this is how they've chosen to focus their energies yeah so that was from early life and then later in life when i worked with some people they they kept it they raised a squirrel for a while i remember i held it a few times and then it got squirrely they mm. let it go you know they actually the laser yeah. solution could work because it's in the corner you shine a laser in its eyeballs mm-hmm. and it would temporarily blind it mm-hmm. you could walk right up grab it and throw it out in the woods it would regain its sight eventually or if it's like a cat you could make it follow the laser point mm. i don't think well, squirrels are like cats yeah i don't either well my, my <laughs> wife works for a company and and uh that that sells tactical equipment to the military okay. like like she works for iron man it, it basically it's like <laughs> it's like stark enterprises right okay they 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 sell you, do you ever watch uh, on Whale on, Wars Jesse, the Elrad? Is your wife Gwyneth Paltrow? <laughs> She's Pepper Potts. Yes. <laughs> okay. yes. That's what I just wanted. Does she have powers? Just want to clarify. 
Um, she does, yes. Um, okay. and they involve squirrel removal. Okay. That's her specialty. Uh, All right. But but they sell an LRAD, which is that th- that 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 thing on whale wars that they use. Uh, it's called it's a long range acoustic device, and it shoots like a beam of sound. That if you're outside the beam, you don't hear it. But if you're inside it, then it, it, it's like this really loud music. You can actually hook an iPod up to it. What? Wow. <laughs> She's been to a demo where they That's did that. Awesome. I you know. know. I, I have. Know. I own an air cannon. I that would actually help with the squirrels. It's true because <laughs> you could just they get hit with these big puffs mm-hmm. of air. <laughs> but that's that, that just that is too. more funny. They would just laugh. <laughs> do it again, man. Do it again. <laughs> it's true. Um, okay, well, uh, if you can help us solve this problem for America, uh, go over to the relevantmagazine.com podcast episode page. And you can post your replies there. The most funny ones we will um, consider to uh, calling you next week on the podcast. And you can, and we can w- kind of map this out together. Maybe we can put a demo- demonstration together. Yeah. <laughs> Video it. That'd be great. Um, if you want to be considered for a Skype call, email Chad at podcast at relevantmagazine.com and let him know your Skype name. And we'll try and call you next week. Many thanks to Rob Bell for talking to us. If you'd like to check out his new book, it's uh, Love Wins, as if you didn't know. And it's available everywhere now. Except you, some Christian bookstores. Except probably a lot of Christian bookstores. Yeah. And you can find out more at robbell.com. Uh, many thanks to Heath McNeese as well. Uh, check out more of his music at myspace.com slash Heath McNeese. The additional performances and videos of all the performances will be on the podcast episode page and relevant.tv. Definitely worth watching. On that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Maya Strang. I'm Ryan Ham. I'm Jesse Carey. And that's Chad Michael Snavely. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. For more, go to relevantmagazine.com. I have a brand new, very sophisticated Lego car, and I happen to know a science teacher that can do pretty cool stuff with liquid nitrogen. So yeah, I want the missile guidance system.